Merry Christmas. That we can worship together this Christmas fills me with so much joy. Over these past three years, I have heard many of you express longing, I think, for what we are feeling right now. It is a joy that is hard to describe, but of which I know you are an essential part. Each of you, your presence and belonging, matters and makes up this feeling. It is the joy of being in touch. The pandemic kept us apart for a few years. It has lasted longer than any of us could have imagined. And though significant things have happened during these past three years, personally and collectively, too much of the time in pandemic seems like a blur to me. So I was intrigued when I came across the book Wuhan Diary, Dispatches from a Quarantined City by Chinese writer Fang Fang. From January 23rd, 2020 to April 8th, 2020, the Chinese city of Wuhan, where COVID-19 first broke out at the Huanan Seafood Market, was under lockdown. For 60 of those 76 days of lockdown, Fang Fang kept an online diary, posting entries daily. Her entries captured the challenges of quarantine, the emotional tumult of the time, as well as the complete boredom she felt. She wrote about the kindness and compassion of some and the inhumanity of others. Out of a sense of duty, she gathered as much accurate information as she could and spoke out against those who covered up the truth. While she wrote about experiences to which we could all relate, the isolation, the difficulty in remembering which day of the week it was, the heartbreak caused by deaths, and the inspiration caused by heroic acts, her entries also provided a window into something perhaps less familiar to us, the complex world of China's internet. Her diary captured what it was like to alternate between the mundane boredom of lockdown over 76 days and the epic events accessed by ever-expansive networks of the World Wide Web. In reading her diary, what became apparent was what was missing most, the sense of touch, of being in touch, and the wisdom that comes from it. Philosopher Richard Kearney has written about the senses and with particular appreciation about the sense of touch. His main concern has been whether we have been forfeiting this most indispensable sense. Completing the manuscript of his book on this topic during the spring of 2020, his concern, as you can imagine, became even more palpable. Richard Kearney says that our bodies have a special intelligence 
a tactile sensibility that is not simply one among the five senses, the other four of which are taste, smell, sight, and hearing. Touch is the one sense that operates through the other four senses. Rather than being confined to itself, this tactile sense traverses all the other senses and is what makes each and every sensation capable of reciprocal experience. You see, while it's possible to orient ourselves to an environment so that we can see without being seen, hear without being heard, smell without being scented, taste without being tasted, we can never touch without being touched in return. Touch is the only sense that is inherently mutual, reciprocal. Of course, touch too can be a one-way sensation when it is imposed, coerced, violent. Tact across all the senses ensures a proper relation of mutuality between perceiver and perceived. If separated from tact, Sight, sound, smell, and taste become narrowly one way. Tact and taste is what he calls savvy. Tactful smell is what he calls flair. Tactful sight is insight. And tactful sound is what he calls resonance. Conceived broadly, touch or tact, Richard Kearney says, is an embodied manner of being in the world, an existential approach to things that is open and vulnerable, just as when skin touches and is touched. I don't think I have ever before come across such an appreciative articulation of the significance of touch. If you are like me, while well, you may have experienced the importance of touch in your life, you may also have taken it for granted, at least until you longed for it too. Touch is foundationally important to how we exist in the world, to our ability to be vulnerable, humane, and in relationships of mutuality. In the biblical stories of Jesus, we see Jesus in such relationships. We can almost feel his touching presence. We see how Jesus heals people with his touch. We see him lay his hand on persons who are blind, deaf, and mute. We see him heal a 12-year-old girl, taking her by the hand and saying, Rise up, little one. We hear that Jesus cured a leper, touching him and saying, be made clean. In his ministry, Jesus was in touch with people. He ate with them, cared for them, and served them. And they also cared for him and served him. One might even say that by receiving the humanizing touch of others, Jesus himself grew into his humanity. From the moment he was conceived, Jesus was carried in the womb, fed at his mother's breast, and surrounded by animals in a manger. 
Before he began his public ministry, Jesus was a carpenter working with his hands during the first three decades of his life. From birth to death, even in his resurrection, Jesus remained true to his body, wounded as it was. Remember what the risen Christ said to Thomas. Put your finger here. Reach out your hand and put it in my side. Do not doubt, but believe. Even in his ascension into heaven, Jesus remained incarnate for as long as the church continues to give food to one who is hungry, to give drink to one who is thirsty, to welcome one who is a stranger, to clothe one who is naked, and to care for one who is sick, Jesus tells us that he is present. There is a word for this ongoing incarnation. I learned it. It is anacarnation. Anna in Greek means again or anew. At Christmas, we celebrate Christ's incarnation not as a, an event that was once and done, but as anacarnation, an incarnation that we continue to embody. Christ asks us to be his body here on earth to be vulnerable as he was, to feed and be fed, to touch and be touched. Amen. Amen.